Lost Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Morita. We are brought, as always, Tri's got you covered over there, by Wilson Volleyball. They make the best balls in the game. We've got uh, the new optics. LT has a fun little soccer ball prototype over there. And, uh, and we've got – there it is. <laughs> That's the one that didn't make the cut. So yeah. uh, uh, we got Coach LT, uh, which I, I honestly – your full name is Livingstone Truman, right? That's it. Okay, pronounced it right. Okay, and then, but known to the most in the beach community is LT, uh, who's down in Florida, uh, joining us from afar on Zoom. How we doing, Coach? We're doing good, man. It's it's hot, humid. Uh, I've seen more rain in the last two days than I've seen in the last uh, eighteen <laughs> months in California. So I bet. <laughs> yeah, I saw uh, I saw pictures and videos. Um, that's like a, a legit hurricane down there, right? I saw videos of the volleyball court. It's like shin, shin deep water. <laughs> it, it's just an, another summer in uh, in Florida. So yeah, the wow. uh, the the last tournament site, which was the Tampa Bay Beach Bums, uh, it's a great site. It's actually uh, one of the private beaches, uh, but it's just one of those things when it rains uh, a little bit, and especially as hard as it does. I mean, things puddle up. So, but yeah. nothing that the people from here aren't used to. So right. Yeah, I I, uh, I just saw something on social media where there was like a water spout that came down and it was just like launching all the beach chairs, like pulling them out to sea or throwing them inland. Uh huh. Yeah, Florida's insane. Now, and the weather changes. I, I think the saying is, if you don't like the weather in Florida, just wait ten minutes, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> it just comes out of nowhere. And uh, it was actually the uh, the guy that set up the tournament. Once the the storm moved through. They had one of the big, uh, uh, one of the big, you know, inflatable balls out there for promoting the uh, the, the tournament, and it was actually tied anchored to like a uh, a power box. So as this thing is moving through, and I'm talking like it's raining sideways, he's sitting there trying to hold on to the ball that's connected to like an electrical panel. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what is about to happen right now? Uh, but hopefully, you know, I would love so to do that. I would love to see a giant Wilson ball like blowing down the street and just like bulldozing <laughs> cars and like down an yeah. alley or something. Yeah, but then uh, he was able to get the air out of the ball and then uh, moved on. So, and we all made it. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw uh, uh, John Ferrari put up a video of him like holding that thing down by, by the rope and he was trying to blow away. <laughs> and, and, and you know how it is these local tournaments like once once things like this happen like everybody just comes together and and, and they know the drill so everybody's all hands on deck lower all the tents um and then there's a, there's a it was a sheridan hotel so everybody just went indoors and uh waited 30 minutes and then we're back on the court yeah like, and, no, like nothing happened <laughs> and did, did you guys actually finish the tournament or did they have to to call it no so it was a two-day tournament for the men's open um so we play, ended up playing actually Taylor. Actually, we were playing, uh, Eric and Andy were playing Taylor uh, and his partner. Um, and that game, I think we're up, you know, you know, making fun of Taylor, but we're up like 15-5. Um, yeah. And it was on the first round of the, uh, of the uh, yeah, I think it was the first round. No, oh, I'm sorry. It was the quarters to get into the semis because the semis and finals are going to be played. Um, and then they had to call it. So when we went back on Sunday, you know, Taylor, you know, fought for to to, to start the set back zero zero, even though right. we're like, dude, they started back at fifteen five. <laughs> so Andy and Eric whooped them up again. Uh, I think it was <laughs> 21-10, 21-11. Um, and then we uh, we went back, and we, we have to brag it right because I think for the year, uh, for this very uh, exciting year, they're two and zero against Taylor. So, but then um, we. Uh, we we went back to the hotel uh to take it easy and then 
it started, uh, we played one more match, got into the final. We were the only team to make it to the final. And then it started raining again, so they had to call it. Okay. Uh, so they end up splitting a, like a three-way tie for first. Okay. And, and same thing happened on the, on the women's side. Okay. That's such a bummer when you can't finish the tournament, especially when you make the finals. It's tough. Right. But good start to their Florida adventure. That's their, their first tournament down there, right? Yeah, it was uh, together, yeah. Uh, Andy got here a little bit uh, earlier. So then he played uh, at another local uh, called Rockstar that we're going to be playing this weekend for Labor Day, which should be fun. It's a small uh, – the first one was, was a lot of fun because we had uh, – even though it was only a 12-team draw, uh, Brandon Clemens was down here, Ben Vaught, uh, Ricardo played with his son, Piotr and Rafu, and then uh, uh, Andy played with one of the local legends, uh, Brad Connors. Okay. Uh, you know Brad? Oh yeah, I know Brad. Yeah, and Brad got served, you know, as you can imagine. So, and uh, <laughs> and Brad, Brad's in really good shape and used to getting served. So, you know, he <laughs> he he only I think he only punted like six balls, but <laughs> yeah. But that was the first one. But then Eric and Andy had the uh, had a had a good showing on a on a super hard pack sand. Okay. Uh, last weekend. So. How is Ricardo's son, or how old is he? I believe Pedro's twenty six. Twenty six. Okay. Yeah. Just plays for fun. Yeah, for sure. And it's fun to see them playing together. So sure, he's yeah. pretty good. I played him and um maybe Rodrigo in uh P fourteen forty Huntington. Okay. Um so our pool was it was me and Miles Mogututia, um, Ed and Rafu, um, Ricardo's son, and I think it was Rodrigo, and then uh Jake Landell and Lev Prima. And uh-huh. um Ed and Rafu didn't break pool. <laughs> Because Ricardo's really? son and his partner, um, they smoked him. Uh-huh. So, so we played them, and we beat Lev and Jake, so we had to play them for the top spot in pool. Um, I haven't seen Ricardo's son since, but he's, he's like a legitimately good volleyball player. He's not just like, you know, Ricardo's kid, got a hobby right, right. playing. He's right. pretty legit. No, he trains, he, he trains with, uh, with the top clubs in Brazil, or the top uh, training groups, uh, of course, by association. So, um, but he, I think he's here for, he was, he was going to, he was going to come here during the summer and Ricardo told him that he was going to go uh, play in college. I think at a, at a Juco or, or at a, at a small school. Okay. But I think all that kind of, kind of got delayed uh, because of COVID. So, right. But he's here now. Uh, so we should be seeing him on the, on the weekends. Yeah. Um, but you're, uh, you're back in Florida for a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I'm kind of curious cause I know that I met you when you were out in California, obviously you, uh, you coached Bill and Eric to uh, a monumental comeback over me and Rafi in Manhattan. And then you, uh-huh. uh, you coached me and Raf up in Chicago, but, um, I'm kind of curious about your story cause I know California is not your origins. I know you were in right. Florida for a while, California. Now you're back to Florida for uh, a couple months. Um, uh-huh. kind of walk me through your, uh, the volley journey. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, uh, uh, I think like most people, um, but mine is a very unconventional story. <laughs> uh, I actually start, so I'm from Brazil. I'm from Curitiba, which is in the, in the very south part of Brazil. Okay. Um, and I, I was born in 81. And in 1991 uh, is when I started playing indoor uh, for, uh, for my school. And uh, the, the fun fact is that, uh, like, in, at least for, for the school that I went to, uh, the first week of school, like when you go to PE, they let you uh, pretty much try all the different sports. And the PE teacher will be like, hey, you'll be good at, you know, or they actually give you like an invite for you to try out for different, for different sports. 
So I got three uh, invitations, uh, and this is as glorious as my volleyball career gets. Uh, so I'll just put that up front, and that's why I say it's unconventional. I got one for handball, and handball is pretty big in Brazil, uh, indoor soccer, and then for volleyball. Um, I went to, uh, to, to, to the volleyball tryout and ended up making the, the practice team. So I think I was uh, in, uh, in second or third grade, I believe, at the time. It might have been, I think it was third grade. Um, during that year, that was the year that Brazil actually had a legitimate indoor team and ended up winning the, uh, the gold in, uh, in Barcelona. Okay. So like after that, like really volleyball, that's when it took off in, in Brazil, right? That was like the, it was a, it was a huge thing. It was like during the drought where Brazil wasn't really good at, uh, many international sports. Like we had Ayrton Senna, which was a formula one driver. Uh, but Brazil hadn't won the, the world cups in 19, since 1970. So as you know, the people are passionate, like they're really looking to, to push, you know, and look to, to, to achieve uh, or to cheer behind somebody. Yeah. So, uh, so volleyball became the, the greatest thing. So I used to always brag that I started playing volleyball before it was cool because in 1992, <laughs> all the, uh, everybody wanted to play volleyball. Yeah. Um, but um, so I was on the practice team um, and we were going to be uh, for the first, uh, uh, I think after practice for a couple of weeks, uh, the, the coach was going to invite, you know, only a certain number of players, whatever, maybe eight kids to go play in a, in a tournament. And back in these days, we didn't have uh, like obviously no cell phones. Like you actually had answer machines at the house. <laughs> but the coach said, hey, the guys that make it to the team, I'm going to call them on Friday and you have to report for the tournament on Saturday. And the, uh, the coach never called me. And I was pretty bummed. I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, practice. I can go play soccer. Like, I want to compete. Right. So I lied to my parents. <laughs> and, it's, and it's the first time my parents are going to hear this. You know. <laughs> I was like, hey, the coach called, left a message. Like, I have to report for the tournament, uh, you, know, the, you know, on Saturday. It's at the school and everything else. <laughs> so, you know, I show up to, uh, to the first game. And I remember, like, like it was yesterday, the coach just looking at me like, like he didn't say like what are you doing here <laughs> but he had this like confused look like why like did i call you by accident and i just pretended like nothing you know just went hung out with the guys and he handed me a jersey so i was like dude i'm in i'm like i'm i'm good yeah and i was like the uh, the backup to the backup setter uh for the for the team uh at least for during the during the scrimmages um uh, not by luck, but, you know, I guess that's what kept me in the sport. Very first play of the game, the setter trips and, like, breaks his arm. And I'm talking, like, his arm, like, his right arm was, like, in a S-shaped, like, oh. it was completely broke, like, exposed fraction and oh. everything else. So, uh, I remember the, the coach actually used the clipboard to put it on his arm, and, you know, they taped it, and <laughs> they, they took him away. Like, it was, it was, it was one of those situations. And, and I'm talking early 90s, right? So, guess who got to uh, – Guess who got to play? <laughs> <laughs> so I go into this rotation with like the really good middle hitter, the really good outside. I'm like, dude, I got this. And I was just pushing balls to the outside and end yeah. up making, uh, making, making the team. Nice. So uh, make, a, make a long story short, uh, my dad uh, was transferred for work from, uh, from Brazil to the States. And that's, that's what brought me to, uh, to Florida okay. three years later, uh, three years later. So uh, I got to go to middle school. I got to go to high school uh, here in the States. And uh, there's a place called Wet n Wild, which was a, a, a water theme park. And it's right across from Universal Studios. Okay. And that's where me and my, all my boys, you know, the, the Brazilian gang, we used to go play. Uh, that's where I started, but that's where we used to go play uh, beach volleyball. Okay. Over at the water um, park. 
Yeah, at the water park. It was really awesome. Like, we had annual <laughs> passes. You just go there, play all day. They had this rock, you know, concert series, Lazy River and everything else. And, and, and we had this, uh, this blast. Okay. Um, so to make a, uh, a long story short, um, at the end of when I graduated high school, I was playing with a kid from, uh, from the northeast part of Brazil uh, that was actually from, from Ricardo's uh, hometown. Okay. And once I finished high school, um, I wanted to just go back to Brazil and, you know, go train, go figure out what the, what the beach volleyball lifestyle was all about. Yeah. And since he had this connection, um, and the FIB was going to have the first U21 uh, World Championships back in those days. This is like okay. 2000 or 2001. I got a chance to go back um, and live in his, uh, in his hometown and uh, end up training and being part of the training group uh, with like Ricardo. He used to play with uh, Zemarco back in those days. And it was right going to be during the transition where he was going to be uh, playing with Emmanuel. Okay. So I got a, I got a chance to, to live the, you know, the glorious, you know, qualifying on the Brazilian tour as a young kid. So I, I did, uh, I, I lived in, in, in João Pessoa, which is the, the Northeast uh, town. And then I got to go train in Rio also. And I'm talking like I took, I grabbed the bull by the horns because I, I used to be a live arm in every single practice. Yeah. Know, I was a practice dummy and I got to be, you know, got to be around, you know, some, some of the very, very top teams, which was, which was great. Um, so that lasted, I, I was going back and forth between Brazil and, and, and the States. Um, and after a couple of years uh, and just looking to see and, and, and really living it and, and understanding that I was, I was going to be limited as a, as a professional player. Uh, because obviously, you know, I didn't, I wasn't uh, competing with, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, six foot tent blockers and, and, right. and all the, all these top guys. Um, I made a decision. I was like, man, I'm, I'm just going to uh, focus on, uh, you know, career uh, so I can provide for a family. And I ended up settling uh, back in uh, uh, here in the States. Awesome. Um, go ahead. I was, yes, I was just saying that's, that's awesome. Just that whole, <laughs> the whole life journey. Like you did it. <laughs> no, dude. So, but it was really cool because obviously I got exposed, uh, and you know how it is with, with beach volleyball, uh, uh, with some of the, you know, some of the top guys and seeing how they train and, and some of the, the coaches that, you know, I think Brazil, especially in the early two thousands was one of the, the pioneers to really structure practices and, and have, you know, obviously with manual labor being so cheap, you know, having, a full structure with live arms and, you know, guys that, you know, uh, strength and conditioning coaches and everything else. So there was, it was really fun to, to see that, uh, you know, or I learned a lot from that environment. Yeah. Are you a big fan of the American tour as well or the world tour at that, at that point? Like, were you following it and did you get oh. to see events when they went to Florida? Oh, for sure. I mean, I was, uh, you know, this is, you know, if you walked in my room, you know, in the late nineties, I had all the, the volley mag uh, posters, you know, Jose, yeah. your, your coach. Uh, <laughs> I remember going up to him, actually, I think it was at the Wild World of Sports uh, at Disney uh, when they had a, he was playing with Ken Steffes and I remember going up to him. I think, yeah, I think it was 1996. I went up to him and asked him for a t-shirt and he's like, Hey, if you want a t-shirt, you know, go to the, Go to the store and buy one. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. <laughs> Come on, coach. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was, that was the first thing that I told him. I was like, hey, you don't remember me, but like, actually, you told me to, you know, to go buy a T-shirt when I asked for your hard rock. You know, I have the hard rock one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I was like, can I get that? And he's like, yeah, if you want a T-shirt, go, go, to, the, go to, the, whatever, <laughs> to the store and buy one. Wow. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. a classic look, that hard rock um, tank top, right? Yeah, with the, with, with the Nike bandana and the, and yeah. the go chain. Yeah, he had a good look. What are, yeah. I'm curious, like, since it's kind of cool that you got to see 
both worlds. Like most of us in the States, we don't really know what's going on in Brazil. And you kind of got to see the history of, because at, at that time, the, the top beach guys were kind of just getting established. Loyola was kind of one of the first ones, right? To like really come over and, and make a, a scene um, in the States. But like, what was it like? Um, I don't know, just like seeing these guys, these uh, people in, like what's, it, what's the difference between these Americans in the States, uh-huh. like in terms of their celebrity and then like, a Brazilian in Brazil and their celebrity from being a beach volleyball player. Yeah, as you know, you know Brazilians are extremely fanatic and emotional. So yeah. they, uh, you know, they they treat their, you know, their their athletes, you know, especially the top guys as as heroes. Right. Uh, so like Loyola was like a, a huge deal, like just walking down the street kind of thing. It, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's interesting because I think with Jose, he he obviously he made his breakout here in the states. Right. And then uh, it was almost like, you know, who was, and, you know, it was, it was before social media and everything else. Yeah. So if you were, you know, if you knew a lot about volleyball, you would know about Jose. Right. Um, but I think it was, it was like a later break. I think it was like when him and Emmanuel finally uh, partner up and they were here in the, in the, for the AVP and everything else. And Emmanuel was already established in Brazil. So people were like, you know, who is Emmanuel going to play with? Right. And they're like, hey, he's going to play with this guy uh, that's playing in the, in the States. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I think it was a late, but uh, definitely uh, Ricardo, you know, the Franco, Roberto Lopez, you know, those guys were the, uh, you know, were the, were the true, you know, pioneers, the, uh, right. of, of, of Brazilian beach volleyball. Cause they spent so much time in Brazil and playing on the domestic tour and representing yes. Brazil. Whereas Loyola yes. kind of went to America was like, I'm going to go make money and live in the U S. Exactly. Yeah. He's such a Manhattan beach guy. <laughs> once he yeah. showed up in manhattan beach he's just he was just sold right away <laughs> yeah and and even though we're not you know like best buds or anything but it's it's funny because as i meet people in california it, you know they say hey uh what do you do i'm like hey I, I coach beach volleyball and they're like so where are you from i'm like hey i'm from brazil but uh you know i live in the you know i live here now and the yeah. first thing they always say is, man, for a Brazilian, you speak really good English. Like, <laughs> you really yeah. do. Yeah. For a Brazilian coach, like, you speak really good, really good English. And, and, and I'm like, yeah. okay, thanks. And usually the second thing is, like, do you know Jose and do you know Eugenio? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, yeah. I'm, like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I know those guys. But, like, uh, like Emmanuel and Ricardo and them, when they walk around the streets even today, like, people are recognizing them all over. And probably Bruno okay. Alisson now. For sure, yeah. So the, those guys are the, you know, they they're the 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 the, the true stars, the, the Michael Jackson of uh, of beach volleyball in Brazil. Yeah, that's interesting. There's like, a, like go ahead, dry. No, you go ahead. I was gonna ask about the. There's like a Brazilian pocket in Florida, right? Like a pretty big community out there. Yeah, uh, Central Florida, and especially you know towards Miami. There's there's tons of Brazilians. Okay. Obviously, you see whenever the or when we had the the FIVB of the World Tour. Yeah, um, that's that's when uh, when you see all the Brazilians come out and, and cheer the the guys on. Okay, where did you move to to Florida when you moved here originally? Uh, to Orlando. Orlando. Okay, and that's another uh, interesting uh, interesting fun fact. Um, right when I was probably at my peak, which is nothing, you know, I'll be you know I was a, a <laughs> okay open guy with good ball control and and I could side out you know on the on the good side. Um, but I'm probably one of the few people that uh, have a winning record against Phil. 
<laughs> because, because uh, we used to train at UCF, uh, you know, and, and when I say train, it's like side out, you know, but the, the Dave Finley's, Mike Fosteen, Steve Mel, you know, the old school guys uh, that taught, uh, taught Till how to play and got him engaged. Yeah. And uh, me and my little five foot seven partner, you know, Renan from, uh, from Brazil, we, we put some whippings on, <laughs> on, on, uh, on Phil. And then I remember, uh-huh. so when the, I think it was the second time that I went back to Brazil for, to, go, to go train. And dude, all of a sudden I come back and Phil is just like dominating. Like I, 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 I literally saw him like bounce the ball like straight down and came back on the same side of the court. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, all right, my days, uh, my days are over. So I try to ask him to play a tournament with me, and he's like, oh no, I got this, I got this friend down in, uh, you know, from South Florida, and which happened to be Nick, and he's like, we're 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 gonna be playing that tournament together. So yeah, yeah, dude, you gotta retire on top. You were smart. <laughs> That's man. it. <laughs> Never yes. play Phil again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but when did you? So you, like, you clearly had a passion for volleyball pretty early. I mean, you know, fib into the parents when you were a kid. Um, Was it tough for you at all to switch gears to play from being like all in as a player doing the qualifying thing on the Brazilian tour to Uh then all into coaching? Or did you kind of have a transition period? No, there there was no transition. I mean, I was (laughs) was just, I just said, Hey, I'm just gonna, gonna go back and let me focus on, on work. Um, I did have an opportunity um, actually to go uh, either. I was going to either play at Pierce College because one of the guys that I met in Brazil okay. uh, ended up coming back with me. Uh, I think it was back in 2002. Uh, Pedro Leal, he, uh, he ended up hitting outside at, uh, at Pierce and then transferring to USC uh, in the okay. early 2000s. And I believe he was the first person that uh, John Mayer ever qualified with. Really? Yeah, it was either like the first or second time. So, uh, so I joke with John. I'm like, hey, if it wasn't for me, you know, you wouldn't have qualified that time. <laughs> uh, but uh, Pedro was uh, 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 an awesome, super funny guy. Um, so he was like, dude, come out here, come out uh, to Pierce College. It's a, it's a great school. So I went out, met with him, and then uh, one of his friends was at uh, Santa Monica College, and I, w- I went out and looked at them also. Um, and then at that time, I was just like, man, uh, for me to like I. I had a couple, couple good gigs, and I was already getting a, a, a career uh, somewhat started because I had a recruiting business that I was doing. I was bringing athletes from Brazil at the time, so I was utilizing my, uh, my networking, my resources. Okay. And I was like, you know, for me to kind of give that up and for me to move out here and kind of start things from scratch, and, you know, I was looking at their apartment, which was cool, but it was like, you know, eight guys in there and beer <laughs> right. bottles everywhere and, and, you know, how expensive things were. I was like, you know what, I'm just going to. I'm going to shift, you know, shift gears in my, in my life. Um, and I actually, uh, ended up uh, getting into the garbage business, uh, working for, uh, for a major corporation. And, uh, and I ended up spending 10 years with them, uh, you know, on the, on the, on the, you know, on the highway to, uh, you know, financial success and, you know, and corporate security. Yeah. So, wow. and, and that's where I ended up spending, uh, up until t- 2014. That was not the route I was expecting. Of all the yeah. phrases I expected on this podcast, getting into the garbage business wasn't one of them. <laughs> Good. And it's, and it's amazing uh, because I, uh, with, with the company, um, I ended up managing close to 400 people in different offices. Okay. And it's, and it's amazing how, uh, how many similarities there are uh, that I learned from the corporate world that I apply nowadays uh, to, the, to how I run practices and communication yeah. skills, uh, planning, uh, holding people accountable. Um, so it's, uh, it's, you know, looking back, you know, I'd love to sit here and tell you, 
dude, I went to four Olympics and I got two gold medals and right. this and that. Um, but it's the, all the, all the lessons that I've learned, um, are definitely, I'm able to, to apply to, to what I'm doing uh, right now. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm curious as to what, what some of those lessons are. Uh, mainly has to be with, uh, you know, setting expectations. Um, you know, when, when dealing with employees, I mean, uh, the guys are, you know, for the most part, even though I, I oversaw guys that did, um, you know, like the big industrial dumpsters that you see, like on the construction sites, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know, so those guys are, you know, they make very good money. Um, they, uh, they've been, when I started with them and I was in a management, a management position, some of them had been driving for longer that, that I had been alive. Um, so I had to really build a, a report um, and communicate with them and, 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 and listen to them, mm-hmm. which is the, the same uh, position that I found myself, especially last year, like working with yeah. a guy like Rosie. And I'm running a practice with a guy that, you know, has been number one in the world for three years, has been playing, you know, for, you know, 22 years. Uh, what kind of uh, value am I going to bring to that he doesn't know, to, you know, to practice? Uh, so, you know, being able to communicate, you know, show that I, you know, understanding, planning things out and then uh, making sure that, you know, he's, he's on track with whatever the plan is. Uh, those are some of the, some of the, the lessons that I learned. Uh, and then the other part is this, um, you know, the, the, like the garbage guys, I mean, they're in the back of a truck. I mean, they're picking up 20 tons worth of garbage right. uh, in, in 10, 12 hours. You know, it's very hot. And it was here in Florida, as you can imagine. So, um, you know, uh, being able to, to communicate, be a straight shooter, um, letting them know they understand, you know, the, the, what they're going through and how tough it is. Uh, but I, I still uh, expect them to perform at the end of the day because, you know, that's, that's their job. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing that, uh, that, that I apply to, to the practice. I mean, practices are tough. I mean, we do a lot of, a lot of repetitions, uh, but guess what? At the end of the day, you're coming to practice to get better and I'm going to, and I want to make sure that you do get better. Yeah. Um, and you, uh, did you always know that kind of coaching was where you wanted to end up, what you wanted to end up doing? Uh, not necessarily. Okay. And that just being a hundred percent, hundred percent honest. Um, it wasn't until 2014 where I saw that with the women's beach volleyball coming, uh, coming around, uh, and I saw a few beach clubs, uh, pop up, uh, in, and I was in Tampa at the time, okay. uh, just across the bridge here. We're in St. Pete right now. Um, I, uh, I saw there was an opportunity, not just obviously a business opportunity, but there was an opportunity that I, I was seeing guys that, didn't have the, the experience or didn't have necessarily the, the communication skills or the, the planning skills that, that I had um, really becoming successful. So um, I kind of, uh, I took a leap of faith uh, once I, I had a small group of, uh, of, uh, of juniors and I, well, my 10th year uh, anniversary with, uh, with the company, I, I quit <laughs> yeah. and I went, and I went full time into, uh, into coaching. That's awesome how uh how's it been like how has the the coaching life been treating you i know it treats everyone a little bit differently some people like love it and some people uh-huh. one of a couple of my friends have coached college volleyball for one season they're like never again uh-huh. that's obviously not been the case with you dude i love it uh but as you as you just mentioned i mean it's it's unpredictable because it's uh you kind of you know, you don't know what's going to happen um i mean learning even from covid i mean that was probably the worst thing that could have happened, uh, especially for myself, because uh, we were four months into our preseason, right, or three, three and a half months, 
and we had an awesome training group. Uh, I was uh, getting known, um, and the guys just kept on coming back. You know, I was running uh, on the women's side six sessions uh, a week. On the guys' side, like fourteen sessions a week, and Jeez. plus doing the uh, plus doing junior training in the afternoon, and then the uh, the uh, the privates. So, um, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we had you know, Andy and Eric were pretty much on fire. We were beating really good teams. Um, like Rosie and like I know I mentioned before, Rosie was completely fired up and in the best shape that, 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 you know, he was saying that he was feeling so good. Even, even his father-in-law was like, dude, I don't know what you're doing to Rosie, but, uh, <laughs> but Rosie is like motivated. He loves coming to practice and Rosie would text me after practice and thank me for practice. Um, so, and then all of a sudden, you know, we find ourselves and I'm sitting in my 900 square foot, you know, little apartment there, <laughs> which you've been to. I like, have. Like, okay, so what happens now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. What do we do now? Yeah, I was, and, uh, I, mean, I was hearing your name a lot too, just hearing this guy LT's running a bunch of practices down here. I, I don't even, I hadn't met you yet and heard a lot of good things and people were enjoying the practices. So, I mean, it's not all wasted, you know, your name's out there now. And um, I think uh, when things kick back up, you'll be sitting pretty and you got a really good young team and probably the i think it was our our pick was andy for rookie of the year this year right travis one of the two either one of them I yeah either of them i don't know if, if eric is he eligible i don't know what, what like makes you yeah. eligible and not for rookie of the year anymore ricardo was rookie of the year one year <laughs> yeah, so anyone can get it no. but one of the two was our pick for rookie of the year yeah exactly yeah. And the cool thing, I mean, and uh, I'm super, uh, I'm blessed, I'm thankful, uh, not just because, you know, those guys, I mean, and I, and I take on the volleyball part out of it. I mean, obviously those guys are going to do well uh, because they're both extremely talented, uh, but they're freaking two great people, you know, guys that have bought into my system. Um, you know, we, we complement each other in many ways. And, you know, it's almost like a, they're, they're my two kids. I'm a, I'm a 39 year old with a, a 25 and a 24 year old. So, <laughs> Sounds fun. Yeah, I, it's interesting th hearing you talk about like your philosophies and how they've you've transferred them from your uh, other career on, into volleyball. Because I'm always thinking like, how my how are my volleyball skills? Because I've never even had a real job to be honest. Uh -huh. How are my volleyball <laughs> skills over these years going to transfer the other way? Hopefully, I do really well and I'm smart with money, and maybe I don't really have to get a real job after, but. That's uh -huh. that's the goal, but I'm always thinking the opposite. So it's interesting to hear how you have transferred your skills into volleyball. And uh, and one of the things because uh, I did a lot of hiring uh, in my corporate job, you know, and mm -hmm. from you know the guys who were in the back of the garbage truck to you know uh, you know uh, guys that I even promoted, they actually had one guy that I promoted from the truck that right now is oversees like almost 600 people, you know, with uh, absolutely no management skills. Uh, but through the hiring process and the hiring different people, I always look for athletes because the one thing with athletes, you know, they're able to adapt, you know, they adapt and overcome. So, and that's, <laughs> yeah, right. So that's, you know, that's, that's something that, you know, with most athletes and, and even though, I mean, and most of you guys have gone to college and, you know, you got degrees and things like that. Yeah. But I think that the biggest, uh, you know, asset that you have as an athlete is your ability to, you know, hey, if you need something, you're gonna you're gonna do what you what you have to to go get it and accomplish it. We're gonna take a quick break from Sandcast with LT 
uh, Coach LT Truman, uh, for a quick word from our sponsors. This show, as always, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, is brought to you by Wilson Volleyball. They make the best volleyballs in the game and just the best equipment all around. If you need a ball bag, Wilson's got you covered, and you can get a ball bag or a new bag of their brand-new optics balls with the spin technology at wilsonvolleyball.com using our discount code SANDCAST-20 to get 20% off. All right, that is SANDCAST-20 to get 20% off of the best balls in the game. Try and I would also love it if you guys would, one, drop us a review of this podcast uh, wherever you listen to it, whether it's on Apple Podcast or Spotify or Podbean, wherever you listen to it, if you can drop us a review, it helps us a ton. If you could also either order a copy of Volleyball for Milkshakes or drop us a review on Amazon for that one as well, we would love it. Um, we think that if, if you guys are a listener of the show, then you would love Volleyball for Milkshakes. It packs a lot of the lessons that we've covered here on the show from all of our amazing guests into one fictional tale uh, using Tri's childhood in Hawaii as the uh, sort of backdrop for the book and it was a blast to write and I think that you guys would would really enjoy Volleyball for Milkshakes, a beach volleyball fictional book, one of the few of its kind. And now back to the show with LT Truman. Right. Yeah. I think so. We Casey Patterson was uh, when we had him on the podcast. He was like, "If I ran my own company, I would hire only beach volleyball players because those people work and they <laughs> just figure it out. Because you have to. You have no other option." <laughs> no, exactly. And uh, and that's the you know that's the thing with uh, you know with this community that's so so amazing is that everybody just you know you guys come together and you know, everybody knows each other and at the end of the day you know we're all fighting for the same thing, which, you know, we want to make a living doing what, uh, what we love. Yeah, exactly. When you, when did you come out to California? Cause the, like I said, the first I saw you was at Manhattan. Had you been uh -huh. out here for a little bit before then? Or was that like you're landing on your feet? Uh, what's up, Bill? What's up, Eric? I'll, I'll help you guys out. Get you to do a third. <laughs> uh, so, uh, came out to California actually for, for Tays for my daughter to, uh, to play, uh, for the, the all the you know the AUs the yeah, yeah. the uh, the uh, CBVAs and and all that good stuff. So we had planned to spend uh, forty days. I mean, this is a whole different story, but we're actually doing a cross country trip that uh you know in a motorhome that that we purchased. Nice. Um, and this is a whole other, whole other story, so we'll, we'll skip that one. <laughs> uh, but so came out to California, and I had the uh, the flexibility where I could stay, uh, and like you mentioned, I had met Bill Kalinsky a couple of years back, actually when P1440 did a, uh, a clinic up in South Carolina. Uh, I was okay. in talks with him before this whole thing uh, started. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, Bill, once I, I just happened to run into him on the strand, and he's like, hey, LT, you know, let's, uh, let's do some sessions together before, uh, before Manhattan. Uh, I don't know who I'm going to play with because uh, that was going to be his, his first tournament back. Yeah. Uh, and there was a possibility he was going to play with uh, Rosie because Ricardo was injured at, 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 uh, at that time. So uh, I ended up doing uh, two sessions with him and Eric. Um, and then he's like, Hey, uh, Evie, you know, coach Evie that, that he, I think he was traveling with, uh, with uh, Kelly um, overseas. And he's like, Hey, would you, you know, come sit in the box with us? And I was like, Hey man, I, I got nothing else going on and uh, let's do it. So that goes from uh, a qualifier to uh, to a Sunday, you know, in Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> not a bad debut coach 
yeah. <laughs> right? Um, which was, uh, you know, which was amazing um, because, you know, we, it was a really, uh, it was an, it was an awkward team because you know how Bill is. I mean, you guys know, you know, <laughs> methodical and, and he knows every, everything else and he's got his, his, uh, his style. And yeah, we played and, another day. <laughs> right. Uh, and then we, and then we got Eric who's uh, just, you know, balls to the wall, you know, let's get after it in, yeah. uh, you know, just hungry. Um, and then there's me, uh, and I'm trying to make sense of it all and see where I can fit into <laughs> yeah. the piece. Um, and that, like I said, it just translated into a, into a third. So pretty good start. And then, I mean, did that, not that that one tournament would have like you, all of a sudden your network was huge, but you obviously built up a, a really cool community in the South Bay. Like how did you uh -huh. end up with that ridiculous crew? I mean, you were training like all of the best athletes in, in the country who aren't like with their own coaches, like try and Trev, you guys have Jose, but your court was like Andy and Eric, uh, Miles, Rosie, Case Beer, uh -huh. uh, the McKibbins were out there a bunch. Like you had a really like yeah, Brian, talented crew. Yeah, Brian, let's mention Brian Cook, you know, Ryan Doherty, Ty Loomis, yeah. uh, Miles Bartin, and then all the, the young young guys, uh, you know, like Christian Honer. And then, of course, Mark is down the beach and he's looking over like, you know, what's happening over there? And then uh, Mark and, uh, and Joyner, you know, are, are jumping in. Yeah. So I think, I think altogether we, we had a good uh, 26, 26 guys uh, and the guys coming up from, from San Diego, guys coming up from, uh, from Huntington. Uh, you guys know, two to three. Have practice? Um, it all depends. So the structure that I had for the practice, um, usually, you know, to answer your question, we would have three teams, uh, sometimes four teams, because yeah. what we would do, I would base it off of uh, uh, three times a week. So the first, uh, first day on the week, we would do a very like skill, uh, a skill sharpening uh, uh, practice. So we would just pick one main focus. And usually on those, we would go like super high intensity. So we're, you know, building strength if it was lateral agility or if it was jumping. And then the second day we would focus on side out. And then the third day would be uh, either offense only or defense. And then on the fourth day, which I would leave it open uh, for the guys, which turned into uh, it was a lot of fun. We had some good times. On Friday would be our competitive day. So on those days, we would have, you know, maybe six to eight teams. We would set up two courts. So then I would set up uh, a, a good, uh, good dynamic warm up. You know, we would go ball control and then we just could get after it and compete. So then all these guys are competing, competing against different teams. But on average, three teams, three to four teams per practice. And my shoulder, and I was by myself too, and my shoulder's still in one piece. <laughs> Believe it yeah, or not. I was going to ask about that thing because, like, you mentioned in Brazil that they just have like a fleet of coaches. Like, you got yeah. a float serve guy, you got a down ball guy, you got a jump serve uh -huh. guy, and here you just got LT. You're just everything. <laughs> that's, that's it. Uh, it was funny because uh, even Troy, yeah, so Troy was part of the group. So he built me. He's like, dude, I'm going to help you out. So he went to uh, Home Depot and, and bought some PVCs. So it was like an extension for the uh, ball cart. Oh, nice. So I don't have to. So oh, yeah. I wouldn't have to bend over from the from the bench. You know, obviously I'm like sitting on the on the on the taller bench. Uh, but then on the way that I, I would try to uh, to overcome that on those Friday practices, I would have I would split the blockers and defenders. So the blockers would you know would come in first, and they and I would work with them specifically in blocking or like serving and running up to the block, different blocking schemes. So very detailed towards them. And then an hour and a half later, I would have the defenders uh, show up and then I work with the defenders. So then I would ask the defenders to come in early and then I would have like, you know, like, 
you know, like Avery Draw, I'm um, sorry, like Christian uh, or uh, Chase Frischman, uh, like Eric, like all the Christian Honer, all those guys like helping me as the live arms and doing a lot of, uh, you know, like real game simulations yeah. while working with the blockers. And then once I would go work with the defenders, the blockers would stay and then they would become my live arms to work with the, with the defenders. And then afterwards, you know, it would just turn into a, a, a fun uh, game of ace. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say, you, you guys kept Mickey's in business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How come nobody's sponsored by them, by the way? Dude, you get, if anyone is going to be sponsored by Mickey's, we got to get Eric that sponsorship. <laughs> that's, that's true. That is, that's for sure. <laughs> what, uh, what is it about Andy and Eric that you loved so much? Cause obviously you guys have, have developed, I mean, you see like Andy and Eric's Instagram. It's like, Oh, our little Florida fam. And uh, uh-huh. Eric's talking about like his little sister down in Florida. And I mean, it's your daughter. Um, uh-huh. What was it about those two that um, you guys kind of, you clearly built up something pretty special. Hey, how about this? How about I bring him over here and you ask him that question? <laughs> you can bring him in if you want. I'm going to let them answer that question. Right. I, I don't know the answer to that one. <laughs> hey, they got a question for you. Come here. Eric is naked. <laughs> that sounds about right. And what's up, B? Yo, what up? How you doing, brother? Yo. What's up, Big B? <laughs> I'll be back. All right. Dude, how's Florida treating you boys? It's good. It's great here. Good. I like I like the uh, the haircut, Andy. Thank you. Looking sharp. Appreciate it. Yeah. The uh, the question that I asked LT um, that he is uh, forwarding to you guys is uh, what was it about like kind of you this little family here that was so special? Because obviously LT was training a lot of guys, but you three have developed something uh, pretty good down there. Now you're living all together, a little Florida family. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, Eric is emotional, so he might. <laughs> uh, well, I think it started oh, with Manhattan. <laughs> Welcome back, Try. We multiplied Perfect. our podcast by two. Wow. Yo, <laughs> yo, what up? What's up? Yeah. Now, boys. Well, it definitely, uh, it definitely started with Manhattan, and I think, you know, just with anything, if you go through something with somebody. Um, good or bad, high or low, then you feel a little bit more connected with them. So I had that high with LT, and then same thing in Hawaii. Those were my, you know, best two finishes. I'm like, why am I? Why wouldn't I continue this? Right. And then during the off season with Andy, um, LT and I were, you know, planning on training together, and I wanted to find a guy that I could grow with, and then Andy and and LT started training together. Why don't you start from there? Yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty funny. Me and Eric talked in, what was that, probably like Chicago. Yeah, we talked in Chicago, and then we talked on the phone later, probably like a month later. And then Eric took um, probably like two months off from training just to have his body recover uh, completely. And during that time, I got connected to LT, um, <laughs> the dirty look that LT gave <laughs> but um i was actually playing some um i was playing some um king of the beaches with uh uh chase bunger ducking bunger and um another guy and chase connected me with lt actually yeah. so i uh 
um, you know, there weren't many people training at that point. And um, he kind of just took me under his wing uh, very graciously. And me and Eric had already been talking and LT's like, all right, well, let's make this thing happen. And it, it kind of just all fell into place. So ever since then, I mean, I feel like all three of us have had a, a really good connection and it's, it's been great. Yeah. LT yeah. has definitely been the, the glue. Yeah. Which has 100%. been nice and has made it super easy for Andy and I to connect. And we already had connected. Um, but then he was just like, why not? Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. We're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> we so, guys haven't won a tournament yet. So I don't know. You're slacking, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> we were just. Well, not our fault last year. That, that was yeah, the- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this so close. Was Rob. <laughs> yeah. So. That's cool. What's uh what's the schedule like down there in Florida? Um, like what are you guys doing all day? I know obviously you, there's only so many much training you can do. Yeah, we've been uh training in the mornings, um, and then we come back, watch some film. Uh there's a gym really close by, so we've been working out there too. Um, and we just got a gym membership, so I'm pretty stoked on that. <laughs> right. That's awesome the yeah. gyms are open down there. I know. So um and then yeah, it's been relaxing, enjoying Florida uh, tournaments. We take too many dips in, in the pool throughout the day. Yeah. <laughs> and we got uh, we got tournaments every single weekend. Uh, yeah. So we for the next two months, uh, the local stuff. So there's there's three uh, dominant, you know, three local tours that they, they have at least once a, once a month. And actually one of them is going to have twice uh, this month. Uh, so we'll, we'll be out there competing. Yeah, Damn, I, can't, I can't imagine a better um, situation for you guys, to be honest. I know. I, I remember. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember LT pitching it, and I uh, I didn't even think. I was like, yeah, I'm in. There's nothing going on in California. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm in 100%. That's so. awesome. Pitching, film, competition, right. during COVID. Like, that's unheard of right now. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it was uh, – it was, I was, I really thought about it because actually I hadn't told the guys at the, at the time. Um, but I, I purchased a beach, a junior beach club here, and I was going to have to spend three months, uh, just getting things, uh, going. And it's a place called B-Volley Academy. Um, so I, I didn't want to tell them because it was right when uh, we started training again for, uh, for, for the AVP, you know, for those three uh, tour stops, then Andy gets hurt at your practice because your coach doesn't, uh, rake the court. <laughs> <laughs> right? I think I came under it. That was my fault. You got, you got like six co- you, got, <laughs> oh my you got six coaches over there that not one of them can rake a court. Exactly. No, I'm yeah. saying the same thing. We, he oh waits until the, the big tractor drives by and he'll yell him over, hey, come drive over here. <laughs> but he That's won't hilarious. rake it. Get, grab, the, grab the rake. It's good for the belly, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so I, I, did, I didn't want to tell him that, hey, I might be gone because we didn't know, you know, the ADP potential was going to have something else. And uh, yeah. it became a uh, unfortunate, uh, uh, I guess, situation because every time uh, that they would uh, not make it through Saturday, it would end up being a uh, little, you know, get together at my house. Uh, and by the mm-hmm. third one, um, I knew that I was going to have to come and I wanted to tell him. Um, so I kind of picked Andy's brain. I was like, Andy, what are you, what are you going to do for the next like three months? You know, yeah. like the, the, in my mind, I'm thinking like the, the biggest gains that we're going to get as a team this year, uh, we knew it was going to be a roller coaster, even if we had a, uh, a regular VP season. 
but I knew the biggest gains for these guys was going to be just competing, like, you know, being put in those situations where you got to come back, losing to the, you know, to the guys that, you know, you beat four times uh, in the last two weeks. And then, uh, you know, going from highs of being a guy like trying Trevor, you know, uh, on a, uh, <laughs> on the, you know, on the, on the first round. So uh, yeah. when it pitched it to Andy, I knew he was going to be like, dude, I'm in, you know, uh, as soon as he said he had nothing going on. And then uh, I had to persuade Eric. What about me? <laughs> I had to persuade Eric and then tell him that Andy was going to drop him. <laughs> that was not going to happen. <laughs> he didn't come. Thanks, LT. <laughs> so, so, so he canceled his recovery time for, uh, for eight months. Uh, <laughs> and he, uh, he showed up here. Uh, he gives me so much crap. And I just tried to take it. All good. <laughs> Once a carry body, get him a Seuss. Get Gina to give him a prize. <laughs> yeah. Gina. Oh my God. <laughs> what uh I'm curious because I know that you you bought um B volley. Whose club was that originally? Was that Pre's? No, no, no. Uh Paula. Uh okay. and uh Raquel. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Got so, it. Yeah, so they've they've owned the club for the last uh, I believe it's been around officially for about six years. Uh, and if they, they did, they did a really, really nice job, uh, growing this club. Now it's over a hundred kids a year round program. There's eight different programs, um, extremely structured. Uh, you know, they, uh, Paula, what really got me is that Paula started it. She was like, Hey, I want to start this club. Um, so my, uh, you know, I want to start this business. So my son has something to do you now when he gets out of college. Um, so she was, and of course she's, she was a, a, a top, uh, athlete and, and competed in the EAPP for many years. Um, and she, you know, really brought that structured. And, and uh, when she approached, uh, approached me, and I was really surprised because uh, actually I was a competitor of her, um, but things all, all fell together because uh, Raquel was looking for her next move. And uh, the timing was just, uh, was just good in many ways. That's awesome. Now you're building your little Florida family down there. Eric's got a little sister, you know. And <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Got your garbage boys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Andy doesn't want to go back. Just, just put that out there. So I, might, I might move here permanently. <laughs> and, and I think it has to do with the 75 year old lady that lives next door, but uh, I won't, we'll leave that for the, <laughs> for the podcast after hours. <laughs> we'll leave that one off the record. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've seen anyone under the age of 65 in our community. <laughs> Yeah, Eric Horskito down to the pool today. They, they were there, uh, down the back of I walked right through the gate. <laughs> I think I heard an ambulance going by because there was a couple of heart attacks. Dude, I forgot when I lived in Florida how many old people there are. It's just where yeah. literally everyone retires there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and you find out, you know, really interesting facts from them at the pool about, you know, hip replacements and uh, – <laughs> What happened? What happened at Jeopardy last night? <laughs> and you got to know that Jeopardy starts at seven o'clock. <laughs> at least over here. <laughs> yeah, but it's nice that the area that we're living in has a really good view. Uh, the pool is awesome, so it's kind of our nice little night grace period. And then yeah. we'll throw some meat on the barbecue, and it's nice. It's not a bad life, boys. Love it. No. no. What's uh, What's the next tournament for you guys? Uh, we got one, and we're, it's it's here this weekend, right? Yeah, it's about a mile and a half away from uh from uh from our condo here. Yeah, um, yeah, put on by what Rockstar? Rockstar, yeah, yeah. which is which is a 
bunch of uh, local guys have been around here for a little while and do a really good job of uh, putting up some fun tournaments. Okay. Small draw, only 12 teams for the Open, men's and women's. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll compete, sweat, and have some fun. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Well, good to hear that everything's going well. Andy, I love that you're, you're having a blast down there, that you made the drive, didn't stop in El Paso. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I didn't want to get shanked, so I, uh, I took your advice and stopped in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, did, I did that drive in reverse, so I was like, El Paso's a no-go. <laughs> yeah, that was a good call. Yeah. But uh, LT, where can our listeners uh, find you and, and kind of keep track of you? And if they want to get a coaching session with you, where can they reach you? Yeah, so on Instagram, uh, LT Truman, um, look me up. Um, and then also, uh, obviously, I'm going to put the plug in for B-Volley Academy. Um, so we're here. But then I'm going to be back in, uh, in, uh, in the South Bay probably the last week of October. And then okay. I'll be there uh, getting things uh, going again with, uh, you know, with the, with the juniors. Uh, and then hopefully by second week, third week of December, uh, have things set up for uh, our new training group and, and tackle uh, – a full EVP season in uh, 2021. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, well, good deal, man. We appreciate uh, everything that you've been doing uh, for not just the South Bay community, but now down, uh, down in Florida, you're, uh, you're making a lot of people much better volleyball players. So we appreciate that. I uh, know. Thank you. And try, you know, if you, if you want a, a nice court to practice on, you know. <laughs> third street is always flat. And I get to make really. <laughs> Exactly. We'll get that sponsorship. We'll, we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get you a BLT if you show up to our practice. <laughs> All right. Let's go. We got you. High-level negotiating going on here on Sandcast. <laughs> we'll see if I can get to go uh, just a few miles down from this <laughs> yeah. random court. Dugout right. court. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, uh, well, good luck down in Florida. I'll be seeing you guys soon. I'm heading down there for most of October. So uh, I'll be seeing you guys uh, in a couple weeks. Absolutely. We'll see you soon. Hey, st start drinking water now. Yeah, <laughs> My first day right, was gentlemen. very fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, have fun out there, and uh, I will see you guys soon. Shoots, boys. All right, see you guys. Thank you. Enjoy fun.